This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon members. If you want to support the Geek Therapy Network and learn more about our exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Ali Matu. Hello. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. Hi. All right, so first, some community announcements. Uh, we have two new blogs that have just joined the Geek Therapy Network. What? Woo. Yeah. Uh, Every week, more and more. It's growing. I'm having trouble keeping up. So uh, all of you who are new content creators on the network, please excuse my uh, the, the delays, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, and the two blogs are, they're both live right now. One of them is called Heroes ACE. So I've said on the show before that I don't, I don't really like to personally diagnose fictional characters. But I like what Josh is doing because what he's doing is basically he's asking the question, what if this fictional character had a good counselor? So he uses this model to kind of look at the character and then say, like, look at how much this person would have benefited if in this story or in this moment in their life, they would have had a counselor to help them through it. And so I really like that idea. So there's a few characters already up. There's Parzival from Ready Player One. Uh, he just posted Anakin Skywalker. You can find those at heroesace.geektherapy.com. I'll, I'll post a link to that. And our other new blog, this one is even newer because it's just like just yesterday uh, he started posting. It's called Parole Board Games. And uh, Rob is a social worker who work, who works at a youth correctional facility, and he runs a tabletop group there. He's had so many cool stories come up over the years, and, and there's so much going on there that he we talked about what we could do with that. And I said, well, it would be cool if you documented it somehow. So he started a blog now to talk about the kind of experiences that he's seeing there um, within his group. Super exciting. Nice. Yeah, so that's Parole Board Games, and you can find that at pbg.geektherapy.com. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about how important it is for people to tell their stories, and it's so awesome to see that happening and to see that growing on the network. Yeah, when I did that, like, call for creators, right? I said, if you have an idea or anything, and a few people came to me, um, and people like Josh and Rob, they were like, hey, I have this idea. I don't know what to do with it. So we kind of brainstormed it and... You know, like, hey, I'll set you up. I'll, I'll get, I'll get you started. And there's, and there are more projects on the way. The, these are just, I'm just announcing them as they're going live. It's a, it's a good time. It's a good time for geek therapy. Uh, and then one more thing, um, I, I we've talked about it a lot, but I really, really love our our Discord server. It's fantastic. It's like a whole bunch of chat rooms in one. Lots of cool stuff happening there. For example, we recently found irrefutable evidence that Ali is in fact Waluigi. Wow! It is great. <laughs> yep. There's there's what? there's there's photographic evidence. It is it is incredible. What? I don't even know how we how we got to there, uh, but it happened and it was wonderful. And All I right. remember I even I even said in the in the Discord that it was like it was the best part of this was that Ali may, may never find out. <laughs> and then today, you told me. yeah, I know we told you, you. We told you. <laughs> I know you know now, but I mean, well, time, okay. I, I don't. I I have very mixed feelings about this because on the one hand, I do like the color purple. 
Um, I do barely fit into go-karts because I am pretty tall. And um, I th- that's in the pro column. In in the not-so-pro column, I'm much more of a Yoshi person when I play Mario Kart. <laughs> Ali, did you, did you hear what I said? I said irrefutable evidence. Well, what is this supposed <laughs> evidence? I don't know. Not that you're a Yoshi, not a Yoshi person, but you are Waluigi. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't think Waluigi would play Mario Kart and not play as himself. Listen, <laughs> I think he might. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's it, it's all laid out in the Discord. Okay. <laughs> uh, is this your attempt to lure me into this Discord that you speak of? This is my attempt to lure everybody into uh, the Discord because yeah, they can yeah. see awesome things like you as Waluigi. Oh yeah, gosh. you never know when you'll get some fan art. Like that's so cool. I, <laughs> this is yeah. This is difficult because uh, I I um I am uh, I have been um, reluctant to join these things because I have not much time. But um I I think I need to understand why why folks think I'm uh, Waluigi because then I you better my, join now before it runs way too far up this. Uh, I better feed. figure that out, Waluigi. Um, yep. Okay. All right. More, more well, maybe that just gave me more, more proof. That's yep. not good. Ah, oh. I need to stop talking. I need. We're to... putting that on the soundboard. I really need to see Ali cosplay as well, Luigi. Oh my god, it would be so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, my dad had a pretty mean mustache in the seventies. Um, so maybe I can, if I can channel my dad's mustache, then then maybe. You just need some pipe cleaners taped to your <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Again, I already saw everything I I, I needed to see to be convinced. Uh, It's all on the Discord. (laughs) Discord Discord.com slash no, that's it's geektherapy.com slash Discord. All right. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll see you there. Maybe. Good. Good. Uh, and one more community thing. Uh, Jedi Council had a recent episode with Patrick O'Connor, and I I really, really like that episode. I highly recommend it. It talks a lot about our, our community and how, like, the great things that can happen when we collaborate with each other. It's pretty cool. All right, so now for our topic of the day. Uh, last week, we talked about Batwoman, and we talked about how important we felt that it was to have a queer actress playing a queer superhero on TV, Live action, mm-hmm. like it's a it's a really big deal. And so this week is kind of a continuation of that uh, conversation. In a way, uh, Lauren and I were, were kind of throwing ideas back and forth, and we saw a few things in the news that kind of uh, uh, were a theme. And it's we're seeing queer characters and queer themes and queer ideas in media that is skewing younger, right? Mm. So like like – Batwoman is going to be on CW, so yeah, like teenagers will watch it, but it's not a kids show, right? Those aren't kids shows, and kids don't really read comic books. They love superheroes, but you know, like comic books are super expensive. How many little kids are running around reading, you know, Batwoman? Qu- well, not Batwoman, but there yeah, are quite a yeah. few kids that read comics. I'm- and and um, omnibuses and collections. Like um, when I was a kid, I read the complete Calvin and Hobbes. Those were comics. This is this is an argument that uh, unless you give me the the, the stats on uh, and the demographics on who's actually buying and reading these things, um, I'll I'll call a stalemate. This is also related to like video games, right? In video games, I'm way more familiar with the statistics. I have no idea. To to be honest, I I really don't know what the what the numbers are for comic books. Yeah. But for video games, I know like 
it's adults who pay money to mm-hmm. play games, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, like this is. Well, usually adults are paying money anyway because <laughs> the kids don't have credit cards. Exactly, exactly. And this <laughs> is now. my point. This is, and and all of this goes into that point, right? Like, if a parent is buying a kid uh, comic books, what what are they what are they buying if they're spending money on that? But video games are are something that adults have money to spend on, and they spend on, and they and they play. Mm-hmm. But the point that I was trying to get to, <laughs> what the show is about, <laughs> Lauren and I were discussing, right, was in different types of media that you're you're seeing different queer representation and. Where did this come from, uh, Lauren? What were you seeing that uh, that kind of brought this up? Well, I saw um, an article on Entertainment Weekly that was talking about Steven Universe and Rebecca Sugar and LGBTQ plus visibility and representation. And it was a, a good article and something I'm passionate about. So I I wanted to talk about it. And so there were other things that I saw too. Um, for example, Voltron. We saw this week uh, in the news. You guys hear about the about Voltron? No. So but one of the one of the characters is canonically gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Shiro, um, the pilot of the Black Lion, is is gay in the in the series, and it kind of like they show his partner and everything. Voltron skews younger, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also. Uh, the character of Pidge in the on the show, which is the pilot of the Green Line, and in the new version on Netflix, Pidge is pretending to be a boy for the first two seasons, I think, and then you find out that Pidge is actually a girl, and that's really interesting because, and I'm and I'm really curious. Um, I have questions for you, Ali, in particular, because I've seen my. Uh, sister and my brother-in-law not handle anything that's uh, non-binary very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. They these are issues that they do not know how to talk about. And it's funny because I'm talking to my niece and nephew, and and I'm like, oh yeah, like you can like a girl, you can like a boy, you can have boy hair or, or girl hair, and things like that. And my and my I can see like my my sister and my brother-in-law kind of like freaking out, like I don't know what to do in this situation. I, I've right. never right. I gotta think about this. Um, but it's it's in our shows, right? Like uh, Steven Universe is a show where pretty like the 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 gems um, we've talked about it before. How they're according to what Rebecca Sugar said, just like at Comic Con, is that they all present female, but they they really don't seem to have a gender. Right. That's my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And Laura and I have been talking about conversation starters for years, right? And I are talking about kids content that has queer content, which my opinion is should make it way easier to touch these topics because now it's happening. Your kids are watching it. Your kids are more comfortable with it. Than, or I'm thinking your kids. I'm thinking specifically like I, like if I was talking to my sister and my brother-in-law, right? It's like if you needed something to help you touch these topics that you're unfamiliar with or you're uncomfortable with, they're there. Like I think this is making it easier for you. Mm. That's my take on this anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that that's a, a great a great. Um, idea to bring up the the idea of having a media example to point to as a way to start a conversation whether that's the kids themselves asking questions like of things that they see in their media or if you know if you're hopefully watching with your kids being able to be like whoa what do you think about that and using that as a way to start a conversation and and I think that that you know in the article that's, that's the thing that Rebecca 
really brings up is is that this stuff needs to be in children's media because there are going to be there are so many people who who don't know anything about what it means to be queer or or how to handle it or how to talk to your kids about it and the more that we get tolerance and acceptance in in children's media the the less terrifying those kinds of conversations will be at least from right. the kids' perspective. Yeah, the parents may still be terrified. <laughs> I mean, but... I, I don't know if there's anything much scarier than parenthood, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think that's why it is so important, is it just makes... It, it brings those diversities of representation around sexuality and gender and makes it a part of everyday life, which I think is important for two people uh, or for two reasons. I'm sorry. One is to um, just have a character that you can identify if you're growing up and you are queer or if you're growing up and you might be um, identifying as trans or gender nonconforming. It's just... I mean, what a difference it makes to grow up and have a character that you can look up to. Um, so that's number one. And number two is it teaches everyone else how to not be a jerk and be an awesome person um, and to be a friend and to be an ally. And um, all of those things are incredibly important. So I think it is going to media like this is going to make a, a bigger difference for the next generation. And some parents will be on board and have those conversations and some won't. But for kids... They're growing up in an incredibly different world than I ever imagined growing up in. One of the things I love about Steven Universe is that it's it's so normalized that it's never like it's never an issue. There hasn't yeah, been a single right. episode where anybody discusses, I don't know, like, hey Steven, why do you wear pink flip flops? You know, like, <laughs> like nobody cares. You know, like it doesn't it's it's not a problem. It's not even it's not a thing, you know? It's just, it, it's never come up. Okay, here I have a, a great quote from the from the article. Um, this is this is what Rebecca Sugar said about representation in children's shows. Um, it struck me how critical it is to make sure that there are LGBTQIA characters in G-rated content, and that the G rating said everything. Because as long as certain people are considered to be inappropriate for families and children's, there's no equality, and we are keeping very young children who are seeing this, especially if they are LGBT. BTQIA, if they're queer kids, you're telling them directly that they don't belong in a family-friendly mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. exclude them from G-rated content. Yeah, that that part like really stuck with me. And, and being bisexual is like a weird rep representation issue because it's like in in many ways I am represented in media, and in, in other ways I'm poorly represented in media. But if I had seen Steven Universe when I was a kid, I feel like my relationship with with my sexuality would have been way different than it mm. was mm. as a teen and a young adult. Yeah. It's something I'm very cognizant of now as a parent of a, a very young child because I'm purchasing all these books to read for my uh, daughter. And at first, what I was doing is I was um, my wife and I were buying a lot of the books that we were raised with. And like the the Berenstein Bears was was a big one, and I started reading that to her, and I'm like, uh, this has like really traditional gender roles, and it's got a lot of stereotypes. I don't. <laughs> this book is like not something that I want to be reading to my daughter, um, and 
it kind of forced me to look at what else is out there. And there is a world of new children's books that are really inclusive and weave in so many different identities that you just never saw in um, children's books before. So it's, it is so important um, to give your kids uh, a variety of exposures of, um, uh, to different people. And it's, it's pretty cool that we're, seeing, we're beginning to see more and more of this. Again, and to go back to the normalization thing, my my niece recently, uh, there was a a book in my in my sister's room, and she was like, "Oh, hey, Theo, did you see this book? Yeah, that's where I learned that uh, boys have penises and girls have vaginas." And then she just kept talking about something else. And it was like <laughs> the most normal thing in the world. I was like, "It is. It is totally like, normal." I was like, "When I was a kid, like my parents had like different names for body parts, and like, oh no, it's like, your you know, private. Like, you don't talk oh. about that." Man, uh, yeah, and I think back to them like, oh, that's that was not healthy. That was not good at all. See, I learned that on after watching Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my media introduction to penises and vaginas. Medium matters. Medium Even matters. Even Kindergarten Cop. Media matters. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is so thrown so off track right now that I don't even know what to think. <laughs> Sorry, it's probably my fault. It's wall- I'm just going to Waluigi get Waluigi, you know? <laughs> no, I think it's the same, like, all the things you guys have been saying. It's true. Like, both queer kids and not queer kids need this kind of representation. It's important for both groups. On the one hand, there are going to be parents that don't want their kids learning about sex and well they wouldn't be in the cartoons but sexual identity and um and gender identity they're gonna take it or leave it they probably don't know what their kids are watching anyway kids with with friend their parents won't if there are parents that won't let them watch that you know what I feel sad for them. Watch it at a friend's house. <laughs> They'll watch it at a friend's house. <laughs> Just like they do the 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 kids that can't play uh what M-rated video games and stuff? They go to their friend's house to play it, which is a whole nother conversation. But that that goes into the the idea of queer kids and and content with queer themes being put typically in a more mature rating. I I I, ha- I feel it's important not just in in television and, and cartoons, but in comics and and books as well that kids have access to information and and ideas. It's like Batwoman isn't rated mature because she's a lesbian, right? It's because of no, all the other stuff that's happening. All the other crazy stuff that yeah, happens. Yeah, it's and... like really dark and, uh, and, yeah. and violent. And you can have queer characters in in media that's like, again, like Voltron. Like I, my my niece and my nephew have seen past when Pidge told everyone that she was a girl and I don't know if they've seen up to where um, we know that Shiro is gay but and I, I wonder like is it going to be so normalized that they don't even bring it up to their parents to like ask for some sort of clarification is it just going to be again normal is it going to be a situation where parents will see it and then handle it the opposite of of like what we're talking about right um Mm -hmm. either prohibit them from watching it again or telling them like oh well like you know that's wrong or something like that i mean all that is possible but i'm i'm curious what happens with like 
kids who like again like you don't you don't know what your kids are watching all the time and then what do, what does that mean i don't know i think it's kind of cool that i i like i i started showing my my niece and nephew steven universe and i would love it if they they liked the show and watched it cuz cuz i cuz i love the show but i i think again they've seen voltron on their own and i don't i don't know if they're having conversations with their parents about anything that they're watching there and like and we're just talking about queer characters and and gender and sexuality we could have a whole other conversation about the violence and all the other things, you know, mm-hmm. that parents aren't talking to their kids about. You mentioned Batwoman again, and I was thinking I would really love to see her on DC Superhero Girls. That would be awesome. And I think that if she makes it onto that show and in that book, that would signal to me that things are pretty normalized. There's no, there's, there is no G rated version of Batwoman right now. You have Wonder Woman there from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. There's a version of Wonder Woman. And then Wonder Woman is now canonically bi, you said, in the... Yeah, in yes, the, right? but but not in the not necessarily in the DC Superhero Girls, because it's a separate universe from the rest of DC. Yeah, but these are conversations now, right? Yeah. That, that, that could, you, could, you could possibly you could have that. Uh, connect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason why... Like if there were if there were a if there's a DC Bible right where like characters can be one thing or not another thing um, across the board like well what can what can we do with Wonder Woman now that we couldn't do before right Laura I completely agree with you sexuality and sexual orientation is so often considered a non G topic because it's it's so associated stereotypically with like sex. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not uh, like we don't think about that for heterosexual characters, right? There's um, heteronormity. We just kind of assume that heterosexuality is the norm. So just like any character that might have a crush on a girl, that's not sexual. But the moment it becomes um, same sex or bisexual, then uh, it loses its G rating, or at least traditionally, that's how media has considered it. So I completely agree with you. It's so important to have more uh, G rated characters so our kids can grow up with um uh, really inclusive ideas about um, sexual orientation. But like, I wonder how many people are, are seeing like, oh, gay characters now. That's all going to be about gay sex now. There's probably a small percentage of the population that that sees that, and they are just semi like more vocal than your average person. But I think a lot of it, it's also like, oh, like that's just bad, right? A lot of people think that that is bad or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's the aversion to it, right? I feel like there there's a couple of different layers interacting in that, like, you know, we're coming from an American perspective and um, Americans have a really weird relationship with, with sex and sexuality and, and being open about that. But then also, you know, we're talking about representation, and, you know, uh, up until very recently, queer characters generally were very sexualized. So it kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it's not right, but it is very understandable that, you know, a lot of older people sort of assume that anything queer is therefore sexualized because they don't really know it any other way. It's always been, you know, it's about gay sex. And if you talk about the gays, that means you're going to be talking about the gay sex. And and that's terrible and not for, you can't tell children about that. But, you know, it's, uh, it's something we have to, to work to unlearn, which is, which is why, you know, media that we're talking about that treats it as normal and natural and and beautiful is is so important. 
So I have a question for all of you. In local U.S. politics, we just got our first trans nominee for governor in the state of Vermont. So there are things happening in the real world and things happening in media. Things are progressing, right, in, the, mm-hmm. in, in, in that way, at least these examples. Do you think that they, they affect each other? And if you do, like, in which direction or both? And what I mean is, like, I believe, <laughs> right, I believe that having more queer characters empowers queer people to do more. But maybe, like, I think the, the same argument could be made for, like, the more queer people we see in politics or in positions of power or in, you know, in our everyday lives, then the more they may be represented in media. I think it definitely goes both ways. And I think that there are different thresholds for when it starts affecting directionally. But I definitely feel like media representation has a, a broader reach. Obviously, there's more people are going to be able to see, you know, things on TV or uh, comic books or, or video games or what have you than, you know, their small town local mayor. But um as you see more representation, you see more people feeling empowered to be open about about their identities and who they are and, and how that affects their lives and stuff like that. But I, I think it also goes the other way. I mean, you know, obviously we want queer creators making queer characters, but sometimes it's going to be <laughs> queer characters made by the straights. And we want them to, you know, it. I hope that they are encountering real people in their lives and using real lives to sort of inform the characters that they're creating. I agree with Lauren. I don't think that it you can separate it either way. It's um, society in general, um, I think, has gotten over. I mean, they haven't, obviously, with the way we, we with a lot of the things we see in the rhetoric we see from current regimes but society as a whole on average is getting they've they're over the gay thing mostly i would say um so now it's focusing on trans issues because everyone was so focused on gay marriage equal rights for for marriage and adoption and all that stuff and that was what was in media i think now we're pushing for more and more like, like everyone's focused on that and now there's room and it's sad that we couldn't all have all these issues at once but now the the door is open for the spotlight to be on trans issues and i'm seeing more and more trans characters on shows there's never going to be enough in my lifetime i don't think but there are a lot of trans characters coming up a, a lot of ideas about actually other than steven universe i don't think of anything that i've seen with like non-binary i mean i know of non-binary actors but not um non-binary issues on things that i've watched other than say steven universe which makes it really progressive but those are the issues going forward and i th- i think that is a, a point that they are that people are more empowered to to have their voices heard and be out in 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 society but i can't really say which way it goes i think it's going kind of hand in hand and one pulling the other and then it switches and goes the other direction yeah it's it's complicated issue because you need creators who are 
writing these characters, and that means um, you need people who have lived experience that can speak to these types of experiences, which means you probably need characters or you need uh, creators who are um, open about their experiences to get in the writing rooms. Like there, there's so many systemic issues. There's so many reasons why it takes so long. And then you need networks and executives who greenlight these shows. Um, so it's 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 been a long time coming, and it's really cool to see how this is all going to shape out, uh, shape up, shape out, shape up in the next few years if you haven't heard geek therapy is on patreon patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators members support this podcast and the entire geek therapy network plus they gain access to exclusive and behind the scenes content including our monthly gt book club for as little as one dollar a month you can become a member at patreon.com slash geek therapy again to support geek therapy directly and become a member with access to exclusive perks visit patreon.com slash geek therapy Okay, uh, you know what? I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about video games. We just hit the five-year anniversary of Gone Home, which is out on uh, PC and Xbox and PlayStation and now Switch also, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Woo! Uh, That is a game that also includes some queer character representation. It was a, a really powerful game when I played it back in the day. The first time. Isn't the end game queer representation? It is mm-hmm. a slow reveal of the player character's sister comes out as a lesbian. And it's very in the sweet. 80s. Yes. Yes. In yeah. the 80s. And um, you are, as the player, you are discovering this through, you know, investigating your environment and picking up things and reading notes and sort of piecing together the sub- subtext yourself, which I also really enjoy in video games, um, sort of adding to that that sense of discovery there. But uh, it's it's personal, but it's, um, it's broad enough that I think it speaks to a lot of people uh, who either, you know, came out to their families themselves or experienced one of their family members coming out and how that uh, can can shift the family dynamics and change the um, the direction of your lives and what you want and what you want to do and your future and all of that stuff. It's it's really important and it's a it's a cool game. How do you feel five years later about a game like that? I my like biggest, the world is different. Yeah my <laughs> my biggest feeling is I'm a, honestly a little bit disappointed that there aren't like. 300 more games like it because it was really fun to play and i i really like these sort of small scale single sitting or two sitting games where you get to sort of really experience uh you know someone's life or or it it doesn't have to be realistic it can be a little bit you know more surreal or symbolic but getting to see inside of people that way I think is is so powerful and I I wish that there was more yeah I mean I wonder how many people have made games like that and it's just they they just didn't get the word of mouth that Gone Home did because I remember everybody was talking about Gone Home and it was like you just have to play it I I can't tell you what it's about I can't tell you what happens you just need to play it and it took me months to get to the point where I was like fine I'll finally pick it up and I'll I'll play it 
now been that hasn't happened with a with a small intimate game like that. The closest thing I can think of was Firewatch, that style of mm-hmm. yeah walking yeah. simulator kind of game. But Gone Home did have I don't know it had something special. Like I wanted to find all of the things and click on all of the things. And it scared the crap out of me. I was terrified for the first I def- hour. Yeah, I definitely thought it was more of a horror game than it the- ended up being. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, okay oh, with I can it. turn on the lights. The lights work. I didn't know that. Nobody told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole time you're like, there's no like attack button. So I don't think anything's going to jump out and kill me. And then some noise happens. And you're like, ah, but it, nothing <laughs> happens. I have no idea what game this is, but it sounds great. It's cool. You it takes like it two out. hours. You should play it. Well, yeah. that's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a playable movie. Did you all hear how Ali just went, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> proof. Proof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the other game by by the same company that did Gone Home, Fulbright. Fulbright did another game more recently called Tacoma. That's uh, like a space story game that also has some queer representation in it which is is beautiful but yeah yeah I, I, there there's definitely a lot going on in the the indie space in games where we're getting a lot more queer representation and and certainly there's a talk to be had about the way uh the gaming community sometimes treats these uh smaller games and the creators particularly the queer creators i I don't know that we want to delve into that side of it so much but um definitely the more the more queer media that gets put out the happier i am (laughs) yeah we've been talking about queer representation and queer media for the past you know for for now two weeks and so you do feel like it's either it's getting better like you are really excited about what you're seeing or is it still is it disheartening at times I think there's definitely still, you know, room for improvement and growth and and honestly more su- support is what would be the nicest to see is more support of these smaller smaller queer creators um in in games and in film and TV. Um but I do think that we're improving and and I do think that it's never going to be as fast or as much of an improvement as we want, but uh I I do think it's, you know, what we do on Geek, geek therapy radio is worth celebrating and i think it's definitely worth celebrating these small things that are, are getting talked about on broader platforms i think that um more and more i'm seeing queer creators come into the spotlight you look at rebecca sugar who you say small creators lauren but rebecca sugar is like the shit like and and came out as non-binary um there are creators of what was it we were just at comic-con like a month ago and there was the prism awards where uh, molly knox ostertog's book won um the best mainstream award but she's also the showrunner for star versus the forces the forces, of evil. Of forces of evil and she's engaged to noelle stevenson who worked on lumberjanes and is doing she-ra these are these are creators' names that are out there, and they're getting a lot of shit, but they're also like they know they've made it because they're getting a lot of shit, and a lot of people also send out love and support for all the things that they do, and 
I see other creators that are that are queer that are creating stories for essentially for their younger selves, um, mm-hmm. like uh, Mariko Tamaki, who writes a lot of not necessarily like YA comics, although I think she wrote she did write a she's writing a Lumberjanes um, novel, like prose novel. She's worked on Supergirl being super She-Hulk. Um, she's doing X-23 now. Like, these creators are bringing in their personal lived experiences into even things that are not necessarily queer, but they're queering the mainstream, and it's kind of awesome. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, people that, like, they're not necessarily all small creators, and those creators should be getting lifted up and and their voices being heard. Um, but we should also celebrate that there are people breaking through into the the mainstream and telling these amazing stories. Well, I'm I'm just glad that you're both seeing what I'm seeing, and it it, it looks bright out there. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, always room for improvement. But uh, yeah, thank you, Lauren, for pointing out that you know we're all about celebrating here. So thank you. Heck yeah! Party! Woo woo woo! <laughs> all right, so that segment went on very long. <laughs> You you can't blame that one on me. Oh, I totally can. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you totally I didn't do. Can. I, I wanted to do so many jingles in that segment, and I did not. Even though Lauren did a little mini video games corner, I wanted to do a little jingle there. There, and I I, I restrained. It's it. called the play zone. <laughs> the play zone. That's what Respect. it was. Now you know the real reason why I didn't do the jingle because I couldn't remember what the, the jingle was about. Exactly. You guys suck at names. I don't know. I think do-gooders is catching on. They like it. You, the people you didn't like see? It. I just posted a name on the forum. I saw. I saw. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. I deleted Better your you. post. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this up with a segment of Geek Therapy where we talk about things that in the past week were therapeutic in the broadest sense, meaning that they either got us through a tough time or they just generally made us feel really good. Does anybody have something this week, Ali? Hmm. Well, um, my wife and I continue to watch The Good Place, and we are now on season two, and I'm, I'm not spoiling oh, anything. Finally, I we can talk know, about it. It's, yeah. so, it's so good. <laughs> We're like th- two episodes away from the season finale of season two. I just want to say this show continues to be a um a fun show um it's it brings a lot of joy to our lives we both so look forward to watching it together which is something i know we we talk a lot about on geek therapy is a shared social experience through media and uh we just i I, I won't spoil anything but we saw an episode that induces this introduces this character named derek and I just could not stop laughing at interactions that someone named Janet had with someone named Derek. Oh, it's great. Um, so that, that's all I've got. It's It's been a pretty big, uh, busy week for me. Oh, gosh, no, what am I talking about? I totally have something else that I had prepared and ready to talk about. Um, what What did I just do? I missed my opportunity. Josue, can I pretty please bring up something else that I wanted to talk about? Yes. Okay, great. So um, we often talk about film and TV, and as we did today, we talk about comics, but social media is also media. And uh, I wanted to just talk about this hashtag that was going around called hashtag share your rejection. And I don't know how it got started, 
but it was pretty much a lot it of... It was people. me. I started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you retweeted some of it. So I, don't, I don't know if you started it. But what's so cool about this uh, hashtag is it's a lot of people who are um, sharing stories about ways in which they were rejected um, that they haven't publicly shared before or, you know, just people don't know. And so I was going through this feed and it was such geek therapy for me because there's a lot of people here that I really look up to and I had no idea that they experienced these rejections, these struggles, these setbacks and it just normalized the whole experience of rejection and setbacks and learning from those experiences and growing. So often social media gets a bad rep as being a place where it only uh, people only show off the best parts of themselves or the best parts of their day or their achievements. And this was a great reminder that we all experience setbacks. And um, I loved that. It was it was awesome. Yeah, one of my favorites has been uh, Greg Miller. He said that he applied to work at IGN 12 times and the 13th time they, they responded. I was like, whoa, I don't think I've ever tried 12 yeah. times to do anything. People, we just don't yeah. share stories like that. Like that, that is a yeah. amazing story in, in the most literal sense. Um, yeah, I've never applied uh, trying, or I've never tried applying for something thirteen times either. But it it yeah, does. On, on the third time, I'm like, they, they don't, they don't like me. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go somewhere else. <laughs> way, I don't think I've tried applying the same place like two times. Yeah, I have a few that I've applied like six times, but um. Maybe maybe I'll apply six more. You never know. And <laughs> yeah, um, well, seven more because you need the time twelve times rejection. No, the thirteenth. Yeah, they get yeah. you. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you should send, send an email with the thirteenth one. Um, you actually have to give me a job on this one now. Sorry, yeah. it's the law. <laughs> I made it to thirteen. According to this, tweet. we're here. Yes. So check out share your rejection if you haven't seen that hashtag. Lara, I went camping with a bunch of cartoonists this weekend and it was so amazing did they just make caricatures of each other the whole time no no different people different people use the weekend for different things some people were writing some people were workshop workshopping books that had already been done some people just wanted to hang out in the woods some people brought their kids it was amazing I got to play Bob Ross, the Art of Chill board game a few times. What? Uh, yeah, that it's the best. It's so amazing. cool. It's the best board game. Do you, oh my gosh, do you so like fun. paint stuff? Yeah, you have to paint a Bob Ross painting before Bob Ross finishes the painting. It's wow. amazing. Um, but I think it was just great to be out in nature. I haven't done that a lot this summer. And it was great to be around a lot of creative people. And I got some good feedback on a super secret project that I can't really talk about quite yet. That, yeah, just not publicly. But it, it was cool. There were some, some, some good times in the woods. And the food was amazing. Apparently, cartoonists know how to cook some really good camp food. I'm just saying. I ate good, really well. Good times in the woods. <laughs> good times in the woods with people that make comics. Sounds good. <laughs> Lauren, what you got? I do. I was prepared for the media matters this week. and <laughs> So do I. Uh, me too. I have a couple of really good ones, but we'll save them for next week. Okay. Okay. Then then I'll save it. I'll save yeah. it. Even though it's also my geek therapy, but it's fine. Uh, other geek therapy. I went um, 
last weekend up to Golden Gate Park for the Pokemon Eevee event with a a couple of my friends. Um, We also sort of treated it as a bachelorette party because one of them is getting married next month. Uh, We went and had breakfast at Breakfast at Tiffany's and then caught Eevees. I only got one shiny, which I was sad about, but uh, my friends caught lots of them. It was really fun, and it was really nice, and like you said, Laura, it was nice being outside in nature. Um, Golden Gate Park is really beautiful. Yes, and then um, my other geek therapy this week has been the um, the Discord, GG Discord. <laughs> Waluigi! <laughs> yes, that was, the, the Waluigi stuff was really fun. Um, people were saying really nice things about me, which is, is really nice. Makes me feel really good. Thank you for uh, supporting my self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Josue? <laughs> so mine is Pokemon related. Uh, I may have mentioned that my my sister probably hates me right now because I got the whole family hooked on Pokemon Go. And I received a call earlier today <laughs> that the family has officially gone from Pokemon Go to Pokemon the trading card game. So Woo! I received a call um, from Target. With a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking at? What do I need? <laughs> How do we play? And I haven't played in a long, long time, but I remembered I remembered a lot of stuff and it felt good to to tap back into that. And then my niece says, Hey Tio, do you have a deck? And then like it hit me. I have a Pokemon trading card game deck from 20 years ago at my mom's <laughs> house. So you know I'm going this weekend or, or very soon <laughs> to pick that thing up. It's in, uh, like, each card is, is sleeved, so they shouldn't be... I may not be able to get them out of the sleeves, but I'm sure they'll be like they'll still be visible at the very least. They may fall apart if I try to take them out of there. If but, it's uh, anything like Magic the Gathering, a deck from 20 years ago, not going to hold up to whatever your niece and nephew bought today. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I told them, like, you can't play with this. But now I'm curious because I forgot. I I completely forgot about that. I was very excited about uh, uh, geeking out about about how I used to go play um, on Saturdays at the Toys R Us. Rest in peace, Toys R Us. Oh, Um, rest in peace, Toys R Us. Come back, KB Toys. Yep. yep, yep. I'd want to grow up because Toys R Us might go bankrupt. (laughs) So many toys that I used to play with. Yeah, it's so sad. So I'm really looking forward to possibly playing a uh, Pokemon trading card game with my niece and nephew very soon. Ooh, so excited. That sounds awesome. Mm. That's what... Well done. You, you're a good uncle. Well, good is subjective. It is because subjective. Because I, I hype people up with things that are very time-consuming and expensive, and <laughs> some people do not appreciate it. Like the parents. Um, yeah, I'm going to take that back because I can, I can see now from a parent perspective that might be annoying. Another thing you can see on the Discord is we have an Emoji Blitz uh, um, <laughs> channel. Emoji and, Blitz. And this morning um, and this week I posted like uh, the high scores of my mom, my dad, my sister, and me, <laughs> and then all my friends on Facebook. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. Um, I hyped them up and oh, it's so good. Join that Discord. Get that. Get those Waluigi facts. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm tempted. Check out the forum forum.geektherapy.com our Facebook group is always good too and check us out on Twitter at Geek Therapy I'm at Josue Cardona Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur Lara is at Geek Therapist and Ali have you changed your your Twitter handle or is it still to Waluigi yeah is it, is it? 
I am at Waluigi. Uh, the real Waluigi. That should be my The real Waluigi. <laughs> the real Waluigi. Um, at Waluigi verified. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, man. Hi, everybody. Remember, geek out, do good, and we'll talk next week. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.